Praise the Lord. Good to see everybody. We're going to jump into it. How many people were here last week? So, y'all had homework. If you didn't have a word last week, we wanted to hear. We shared, uh, our leadership team shared um, last week what we felt like the Lord had been speaking to us about the coming year. You know, it's really important. Why, why would we do that? Why would we seek God for direction for a year? Well, there's a lot of good um, things that God will release to his children that are actually seeking for direction. You know, lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge God and he will direct your path. I don't, you know, I don't make any major decision in my life without crying out to God and saying, Lord, what's your heart in this? And until I get clarity, I don't, I don't move. Because to me, it's insanity to be a spirit-filled, born-again believer, to have access to a God who knows everything, the future and everything, and to not ask him if what I'm thinking about doing is a good idea. To the world that don't have that, I, man, I feel sorry for them because I would be locked up mess uh, if I had to make some of the decisions I have to make in my life not knowing how it's going to play out. But when you have a God that can tell you and show you if this is his will, or your, once it's his will, what else is there to know? You know what I mean? Because once you know this is God's will, come hell or high water, it's the right path. So it don't matter what it looks like, you know. Sometimes God's path leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Sometimes we're going to go through those seasons in our life. But when we know we're in the center of God's will, it makes it doable. And what we're getting out of it is far more valuable than, than the the temporal difficulty of being in that season and it is a season ain't that right Melissa it's a season um, so we're we believe that we should seek God for clarity for direction for vision for our life but we think it's helpful to do it for the beginning of the year uh, you can do it all the time and I encourage you to always be seeking the Lord for his heart and his direction but you know <clears throat> In Ezekiel 33 and Ezekiel 18, it talks about the watchmen and how God set watchmen on the wall. And they were prophetic voices that would speak so that they could warn the people if something good or bad was coming. And if something was bad was coming and they didn't warn the people and the people didn't act accordingly, then the blood of the people would be on the watchmen who didn't sound the alarm. But... If they did sound the alarm and the people didn't act, then their blood would be on their own head. So there's a lot of biblical precedents for, for us as watchmen, as leaders. And, and, and you, know, you, can, you don't have to be a leader to be a watchman. But typically, if God calls you as a watchman, he's going to give you a platform to, for people to hear the voice that you're speaking to. But we need to be able to hear the warnings that God has given and take action. The whole Bible is full of God speaking and people taking action and it diverting something bad into something good. If Noah didn't take action when God said build a boat, why would I build a boat? Well, because it's going to rain and everybody's going to die that's not in the boat. And if 
You know, if, if Joseph didn't have his dream that warned that famine was coming over the land, they couldn't prepare. But because they prepared, it saved all this stuff. And so the Bible is full and full and full of examples of hearing from God and sharing that so that the people can, can um, uh, you know, act accordingly. And so we believe it's very important to, to really seek God, to find out what's going on this year. We do this as a body from the moment we've been, you know, since I came into leadership here, we as a team, we have taken every, the fall of every year and just sought the Lord for what he's doing for the coming year. And we have been amazed at how the things the Lord would speak during that retreat that we would take ends up taking place throughout the year. And, uh, and that's so encouraging to see that. You know you're on target. You know you're going down the right road. I know Rick mentions this a lot of times, but you, know, if you, go, you remember when you used to go, it's not as much now because we got MapQuest and all those digital directions, but you remember back in the day, for those of you who are old enough not to be able to use your phone to get somewhere, uh, and, you, and, you're going, and you have directions, right? And you're trying to get somewhere you don't know. And you don't know, you get confused on this long trip, and you don't know if you're actually still on the right road. And then occasionally you'll see that sign that says I-95 or whatever it is, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going the right way. How many appreciate a sign occasionally just to let you know you're, you're going the right way? <laughs> I appreciate them. And so those hearing from God helps us know that, hey, we're on, we're on track. So last week we shared a number of things. I have a few things to share, but what I said last week, there were a number of y'all that felt like y'all had words. And so if we're going to start with those of you that are, um, that last week had something to say that they felt like the Lord showed them for the coming year. Um, we're, we want we want to be able to uh, have that. So, I just want to be clear about something. We're what we're doing right now is we're not asking for necessarily teaching per se. We're not asking for good messages. We're not asking for opinions. What we're asking is if you have a word from the Lord, something that you know the Lord has shown you for this coming year. Those are the things that we want to want to hear. So. Vic, I know you did. Are you, Debbie, you good? You sure? Okay, okay Debbie, come on up. If anybody else. <clears throat> were, were you raising your hand, Debbie? You want, you want me to come to you? I can come to you. Okay. Okay, so I liked, I added this, because what Josh said in worship, if it's not good, it's not over. It goes with what the Lord has been telling me for the last few weeks, that this too shall pass. That was huge to me because there's been a lot of <laughs> uggs in our life, but God keeps um, help, helping us to overcome it. So that was huge. But I also just whispered over to Crystal, I love it um, when Moses said, I will not go there unless you come with me, Lord. And that is how I, we do our daily life. I mean, moment by moment. It's not just daily. It's moment by moment because things will pass, and he does make everything good in his timing. So that's what he's been telling me, and I'm thankful for that. Amen. Amen. All right. Anybody else? Come on up. Hey. Um, God has always laid on my heart. I am a watchman, 
And uh, usually when I pray, or when I pray in the morning, part of my prayer, and I have a heart for all the corruption and the turmoil and the evil that's in this earth. And so I asked the Lord, um, and I'm going to read this because I had sent it to my group. Um, I said in the morning, a part of my prayer is that I pray for God to destroy the evil one if their hearts cannot be changed. I pray that the Lord protect and save the babies, the children, the hostages, our country, and the world. I ask him to remove anyone in any position of authority who is evil, no matter how low their position of power is. I then ask him for a scripture verse. And most of the time, I mean, not most of the time, but he gives me a scripture verse uh, a good many days. And that particular morning, he gave me Proverbs 12, 7, and he said, the wicked are overthrown and are no more but the house of the righteous stands firm. And that was directed in that exact prayer that I had prayed that morning. And this was on, let's see, I sent it out on December 31st. So the Lord has been really showing me that the house of cards are starting to fall and that the eyes of the people are being opened. And that's so important because when we realize what's really happening in our world and we pray into that, God is in control and he's bringing it all down, and that's what he's showing me this year. Thank you. Amen, Chris. All right, anybody else? So I feel like 2023 was really establishing and healing as a church, establishing relationships, and through those relationships, really inviting people to walk alongside us to really bring out the areas God wanted to heal in this body. In 2024, I think the Lord's continuing to deepen the healing by removing, like going to the next layer, as we saw this morning, for sure. Um, but 2024, I, I really felt the Lord speaking that he wants to strengthen us and to cut away the fat. And I don't know if you guys, I've, I've gone through a lot of um, sickness in my life. And during the times of sickness, you're not working out. You're just, you're resting as much as you can. You might be... Um, gaining some weight. Um, it's just, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's that particular season. But when you've gone through healing and you're on the other side of like living in your healing, there is a strengthening that's got to happen. And also the cutting away of the areas of, of that have just not, that are not healthy. Um, and and I just was really praying for just the maturing through becoming a body that is trustworthy and transparent, um, where we are comfortable bringing, closing doors to st past stuff in our lives while at the same time not being comfortable with leaving anything in the dark anymore, bringing everything into the light of God's purifying powers so that we are comfortable to deal with the sin that comes in our doors. Um, but if we're not going through the process of, of maturing, then we're not going to be ready for, if, if we ourselves are not having God purify those dark areas in our lives and we're still carrying them around, we're not going to be able to deal with a lot of the darkness that's coming in through our doors. Um, and, and that is it that I have. You know, on... Tagging off of this, or you got a separate. Okay, let, let me say one thing because um, I wanted to tag off it. Yes, no, I I wanted to tag off that. Um, I had a I had a couple things that's happened 
that kind of go along with that where, <clears throat> you know, the Lord has, in my prayer time, this whole past year, the Lord's been um, really hitting the hitting it home that I need to get all my doors closed that where the enemy can access me. You know, it's, Jesus talked about Peter and said, you know, Satan has demanded permission to shift, sift you like wheat, but I prayed for you. There was a legal thing that allowed Satan to, to cause Peter to stumble right at the, the cross, and it was pride. Um, there are, you know, Paul talked about not giving the devil a foothold. There are footholds that we can give the enemy. And one of the things that he had been showing me was to, I started praying against mold in my life. You know what mold is, right? It grows in darkness. When there's moisture and no light, it ain't good. And all of us don't, all of us have areas that are blind to us that we don't see. I learned that very clearly this year. I have things in me that I don't even realize are there. And so I've been asking the Lord, Lord, shine your light on any mold in my life, any area where the light is not penetrating a certain aspect of my life. You know, you can, you can be really have the light of God walking in one area and then be in, in a totally different area, be blind to the fact that you have a serious issue in another area. And it's, it's just the way it is. And if we really believe that, we wouldn't get so upset when somebody comes up to us and says, you know what, I think, brother, you, need, you, got, you got an issue here. And we're like, who are you to tell me I got it? How dare you? You know, I mean, most, most Christians, if somebody comes up, but the Bible says that a wise man heeds correction. If we really desire to be holy and pure and righteous, when someone comes up to us and tells us we're not perfect, oh, yeah, I know I'm not perfect. So let's, let's, let's listen to see if maybe there's some insight that I can get breakthrough in. But that's usually not how we react, mainly because we don't think that person sees us the way we see ourselves. And we're, and we're right. That person doesn't see us the way we see ourselves. <laughs> and that's because they see us better. I mean, right now, how many of you can tell me if there's anything on your face that you don't know about that, like, like that you wouldn't feel? You can't because you can't see you right now. I see you real good. But I don't see me very good. See, I'm looking at all y'all. I see. But you see me. I don't see me. And so one of the things, I had a dream this morning that I think is pertinent. In this dream, there, I was in this house, and um, I, I'm trying to know how to describe it to you, but there was like, it was very cozy, like a living room. There was a chair and a couch, and there was an area right here that was kind of like in the corner where nobody really goes. And there were three snakes all kind of just lay in there they weren't venomous snakes they were some kind of black snakes they were not venomous I knew that um I had the thought in the dream you know what these guys don't even move hardly they're just laying there they're not hurting anything they're they're doing their thing I'm doing mine they're not bothering me what's the big deal well how many know you're not supposed to have snakes in your house that's not a good thing even if they're non-venomous, they can still bite you. And so as I'm thinking this, all of a sudden, 
I noticed the biggest one was starting to shed its skin. And it started to move a little bit, which kind of, you know, messed up what was going on because the snakes were all on top of each other. You know, they weren't totally on top of each other, but they were on each other enough that when the big one moved, it kind of dis, uh, dislodged some of them. And one of them kind of came out and was looking for a more cozy place. And it came over towards me. And I had a dog. It wasn't the dog that I actually owned, but it was a, there was a dog on the, on the seat with me. And it kind of raised its head up my dog. The dog got up and was like, oh, whoa, wait a minute. And it kind of tried to intimidate the dog to move so that it could have access to where the dog was. And I'm like, uh-uh. And I, and I kind of stood up and started trying to intimidate the snake. And it, kind of the dream ended with that whole thing. That, and, and it's much like the mold. See, a lot of us, there are things in our lives. I mean, just, just so you know, like when you see three in scriptures and it's not good, first thing I think of Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life in First John. All the evil in the world is through those three things. But I want you to understand there are a lot of things that fall into those categories that won't kill you, but, they'll, but they, will, they can hurt you. There's a lot of things that we allow in our lives that stay in corners and dark places because we don't go there much. And they don't come out, it doesn't get come out very often. Things that may not be venomous, they're not poisonous. Anything is a bad thing when it steals from the, the perfect thing. Anything that steals from my passion and pursuit of Jesus is a bad thing. It's not that it's bad of itself. I'll give you an example. All right, I'm on sacred cow here. Football. How many people love football? I like football. Nothing wrong with football. But if my love for football is robbing me of time that I should be with God, and I'm not saying you can't have time to do things. You can. But when you don't want to go, when you're planning your whole life around football, now yes, I'm saying this during playoff season, I know. When you plan your whole life and you have no and you're not listening to the Lord's direction and you're planning your whole life around football, that football, even though it's not bad in of itself, it can rob you, it can still hurt you and keep you from the best. I, I've heard people talk about games on their phone. There's nothing wrong with them. But if they consume all your time, then it's stealing from you. It's hurting you even though it's not killing you. No, you're not becoming a rapist or a murderer or a thief because you're playing on your phone. But if it's robbing you of time that you should be doing better things, spending time with your family, getting work done, spending time with the Lord, doing the ministry that God's called you to do, it can, it's robbing. And I believe the Lord is wanting to highlight those areas in our lives that are robbing us that aren't bad in of themselves. And, and allow the Lord. So here's my, here's my takeaway and just to, to tag along with what she was saying. I have been really crying out to the Lord to show me anything in my life that just doesn't need to be there. Lord, show it to me. I don't see things all the time. Father, I'm asking for you to clean your temple. I am your temple. The Holy Spirit lives in me. I am your home. I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price and I want to be clean for you. I'm not perfect 
and I need a lot of help, but I'm asking for that help, Lord. And you know what has amazed me? When you start praying those prayers, God starts answering them. <laughs> it's like, dang, I really got that going on in me. Golly, Lord, forgive me. Father, help me, help me, help me. But praise the Lord. I mean, what's the, the worst thing in the world is to go through life having all these major issues in our life and we don't even see it. And we enter into eternity with junk that, the, that we could have got rid of on this side of heaven. You know, did you have something else you want to that's good. Um, so two days ago, I'm going to sit because I'm just going to sit. Um, I actually had a dream where I was in a house and as a team, we were all going through, I'm not sure who this team was, we were all going through and getting the house ready for the invasion that was inevitable, was going to come. And so we were going through shutting windows and I mean, just a variety of things. But the bedroom door had a sliding glass and it was the lock was broken and it was driving me crazy because everybody was going through the house thinking that everything else was secured but nobody had an interest in this this door that was connected to the bedroom I'm like of all the places if somebody's going to look they're not necessarily going to go through the front door they're going to go around to the bedrooms and in the dream I was just so frustrated um, and then Additionally, Joelle and I, uh, we just got back from celebrating our anniversary this week and literally from the hotel this morning to go pick up the kids to come. And something very interesting. So this time that we had set aside was really precious. We had bookmarked all the different things that we were going to try to get done, all the things we can't get done with kids like, you know, take a nap, you know, just all those things and um, plan for the year, and what is God speaking to us as a family, and what's the Lord saying over our kids, and um, so it's precious time, and one morning, we get a phone call from the front desk, and it was very much a, a spiritually, it was like, this is the front, this is like your life calling, because of the way the conversation went. They called, and they wanted to know whether or not we wanted to go on one of these tours to the Hilton tours, and we could they'd give us $250 to be able to spend on our wherever we wanted to go eat. Well, who wouldn't want $250 to go spend on, you know? And you know what came to me was that I told him no, because and he's like, why would you not want 250 bucks? And I said, because you can't go fast enough in that, that little meeting to be worth my time that would be taken away from my husband. And I got off that phone call and just my voice hearing myself say that, I was like, that is us as believers. When we're bought with a price, there are certain things in this world that will try to buy our peace from us. It will, it'll say, we're gonna give you peace. We're gonna offer you freedom. We're gonna offer you a discount, but it always costs us something that we truly don't wanna really give. And we're not really paying attention to that. I love Corey Tenboom, who said that he is no fool that cannot, that does not, who, can anybody help me with this? He is no fool who, oh, nobody can help me with this one? Come on, come on. I know it. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Did I just say that backwards? To, to, we're going to try that again. He is no fool that gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Why do I feel like I'm saying that backwards? Okay, Jim Elliott. 
But the point of the matter is that there are things all over the place that we are actually giving up on a daily basis that the world is selling us. I'll tell you on my cell phone, if I keep my cell phone on my table with me and it goes blip, I could be in the middle of a conversation with my family and guess where my eyes go? That cell phone is not welcome at the table anymore. I have to put it aside because somehow in my world psyche, it has taken a place at the table. Whoa. And these guys, they wanted to pay $250, but honestly, like, what is our, like, we should be unpurchasable. And so. That is really good. We need to hear this. What came to me was the three wise men when you guys were sitting up here that day. <laughs> and that they were wise because they did follow the presence of God through that star. But, and they came a long way. And they were pretty much, I'm thinking, probably tired by the time they came to Jerusalem. But they had to go through there because that's how the Roman road went. They went, and in, in Jerusalem, for some reason, they assumed that the baby that they're looking for, that king child, was going to be in the king's palace. What happened to the star? Did the star stop over Jerusalem? No, over Bethlehem. Why couldn't they see the star? Have you ever, there is beautiful nights out here in North Carolina where you can see all the stars. But then there are nights it's pitch black because it's the storm, the clouds, right? Hide the star. So there must have been something to hide that star from them. And so they parked themselves in Jerusalem thinking, oh, we have arrived. This is where it's at. While God actually wanted them to go just a little bit further. So I believe this year, if you're leading, leading your families or you're leading this church, as be wise and be aware that don't assume that Jerusalem is that. Don't assume that, oh, this is it. No, you keep pursuing the presence of God and if you don't see it, don't proclaim you've arrived. Amen. Amen. Um, we, you know, I felt like, you know, I, I know it's me saying this, but I felt like what came out last, what we shared last week was really important. I want to go back and actually re-listen to it. The internet was down last week, so we actually weren't able to broadcast it, but I believe it was recorded so we'll try to get it up on YouTube, but we will release it on our podcast. Um, yep. Yeah. So um, I want y'all to, you know, if you get a chance, go back and listen to these things. So last Sunday I was up at the Vision Conference, and that I was in the 11 o'clock service, and Chris Reed was preaching. And I was trying to write down the scriptures as fast as I could because they go through it pretty fast. So I'm um, just writing down, listening. What did he say? Oh, what was the scripture reference? Writing it down. Then all of a sudden, I hear the Lord start talking to me about my coworker. I'm like, really? So I started writing down what I heard. And he was telling me some very specific things about, because I had, I wrote her name down, put it in parentheses, and um, it's like, really? So I wrote down exactly what I heard. 
And I'm thinking, now I talk to her on a regular basis because she's somebody that's suffering from church hurt. And, you know, I'm just always encouraging her, don't lump everybody, every church, every assembly, every Christian into the church hurt mode because everybody is not hurting her. Everybody hasn't. Everybody is not doing the same thing. But, you know, and they're kind of like her and her husband both have gone through quite a bit of stuff. So anyway, um, so when I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, well, she ain't going to receive this. She's going to kick it out like she usually does. Well, you know, whatever. So I'm like, okay. So I get back to work, and I give her the word. <laughs> and the funny thing was is that she had posted something on Facebook because somebody else had posted Facebook about the church hurt they had had, and she responded and posted. So this word was speaking to her. She was like, what day did that happen? What time? You know, whatever. And I was telling her, the Lord is speaking this to you because he loves you. He loves you so much, and he wants you to be able to put into um, the body, into the assembly that you should be in, what he's put in you, but they don't have it because you're still suffering from church hurt. The whole point of me telling you this is the Lord, I believe he wasn't just speaking just to me. I believe he's going to be speaking to all of us, that he's going to drop things into us for people. And it might not necessarily be so comfortable to give it to them, but get ready because that's what he's going to be doing. He's going to drop things into you. And when you deliver that thing to that person, it's going to open that person's eye down. That was really, the Lord is really trying to speak to me because she knew exactly what I was talking about when I delivered the message to her. So I just want to encourage you, don't be afraid. Say what the Lord is giving you to say to your friends, family, co-workers, people that know the Lord and people that don't. Amen. <clears throat> um, this is a year, Paul mentioned this psalm. I didn't get into it much because I knew... Paul, or Paul started sharing it, and we were out of time. But I, I do want to, since we have time now, a little bit. Um, <clears throat> the Lord really is speaking to us about evangelism, and um, I had, I had, a, I've been getting words, hadn't I, Paul, <laughs> about evangelism. But one of the things the Lord showed me is that you know, for those that don't know me, when I was in Charlotte, I was doing street evangelism almost weekly. Yeah, you know, for like 12, 13 years. Um, and I, we started doing that here as well. But then when COVID hit, it just, it just got, uh, we just got shut down a little bit. And um, I, I didn't believe this was true. It's one of those things where you start asking the Lord to show you things that you don't see about yourself that need to change. The Lord started showing me I had gotten stopped up. My evangelism had gotten stopped up. And I'm like, okay. And I can tell you, you know, busyness, laziness, fear, all of those things were factors. So I started asking God to, sorry, um, started asking, John, the, when you stood up, the Lord just, I just saw it. The Lord's releasing a prophetic, there's a prophetic mantle that's coming to your life. And the Lord's going to begin to release prophetic words. And I just felt like the Lord wanted to encourage you to really pursue hearing his voice, speaking prophetically. There's a something very prophetic that God wants to release as an eagle. You're an eagle. And there's something God wants to release through your life, John. 
You have what? Okay. All right. Well, what is it? Come on. I'll interrupt what I was saying. I don't do this, but it's just confirmation. Um, <clears throat> forgive me if this don't make any sense. If I say anything bad, Travis will fix it. But um, I think I saw you this morning while I was trying to wake up, and you had on a green military outfit, and you're wearing green today. More confirmation. But um, you were a child. I saw your face as a child, and then you were an adult like you are now. And I felt like you're, you matured in such a fast and, and um, it's pleasing to God how you're maturing in him and that um, you were wearing a green military outfit so I feel like you may have been in some in some warfare and um, you weren't getting on a, it like a fighter jet like you're fixing to, like a jumpsuit like you get into a jet but you weren't fixing to get in a jet you were sitting down at this long table and a uh, huge spread food and you, your eyes were fixed on God, and um, all your enemies were just standing around watching you eat. And you were fixed on God, and I feel like this may be confirmation to you, but your greatest offense is when your eyes are fixed on God. And you just, you're, you're just a pleasure to God when you minister to Him, and all your enemies and all your conflicts, they fall as you do that, that's your greatest offense. Not when you're fighting your enemies, but when you're fixed on God and worshiping Him. Amen. That's awesome. And there was a prophetic flow this morning that I've not heard out of you. And I think the key, when you, know, when you said that, Greg, is so good, is when you stood up that I saw it. It's time to stand up. It's time to stand up and do this thing that God's put in your life. All right, John, you're it this morning. Seriously, during worship, I saw uh, I saw an anointing on you, and I don't know if you know this individual, and it's not necessarily you're going to be this individual, but uh, I saw like Kevin Prosh, an anointing on you, like Kevin Prosh, and I felt like the Lord wanted to encourage you. You are a worship leader. You're called to lead worship, and and there was like there's something like similar with Kevin Prosh in terms of like his anointing to like set people free in worship, and also like uh, just the winds, like using those winds instruments and stuff like that. There's like a gifting and anointing on you, and I I'm just confirming all these. I mean. It was all during worship, so like um, I just feel like the Lord's saying to stand up, to step out, and uh, um, to take hold of that for what she took hold of you. I love it when God starts doing stuff. That's awesome. Uh, and another kind of, was kind of crazy thing this morning, and you can ask Heather about this. I had a dream last night um, about uh, a friend of mine, her name is Lisa, and she was pregnant. But she she was older and she was pregnant and um in the dream and I woke up in the morning and I was like oh that's weird and I was asking the Lord I told Heather about it and she knows uh, Lisa and um and I was like uh, and I was asking the Lord about it and he said it's not about Lisa that you know it's about it's about Lisa Lightfoot and I was like man that'd be weird if she would came to church that Sunday I kid you not and then I turn around and Lisa I haven't seen you in months right you know. And you were here, and I feel like uh, the Lord, he wants to get your attention. And he said that, that you're pregnant right now with something. And uh, 
I'm getting Hebrews 11.11, and it says, By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful who had promised. And I feel like that's a word for you and um, that there's something that God has deposited in you and it's not over and that he's got a ministry that he wants to birth out of you. And I believe it's, it's with worship. I, you know, I know, you, you know, in the natural, you're a painter in the arts, stuff like that. And I believe it's connected to the arts and worship. And, um, and I just feel like the Lord wanted to encourage you this morning with that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, one of the things I saw this morning <clears throat> was... Um, well, I'll tell you why I saw it. Well, let me tell you this. I'll tell you what I saw, but let me tell you this first. <clears throat> I've skydived three times. I am terrified of heights. <laughs> the Lord told me he wanted me to jump out of an airplane to overcome my fear. And I wrestled with that. Man, I wrestled with that. you talking about terror. And I, I've been afraid of about everything in my life. I've dealt with so much fear in my life. Um, and uh, my wife can tell you all the fear, all the fears that I have to push past. But I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I'll get on the plane, but you're going to have to get me off of it. <clears throat> and someone had told me that the higher you go, the easier it gets to jump because there's a disconnect that happens in your mind when you can't see. And so I kept looking out the windows. I'm going up. And I was like, we got to go higher. We got to go higher. We got to go higher. <laughs> I have a video of this. I got to find it. My kids have never even seen it. It's a VHS, but uh, you pay an extra $100 and somebody hangs out of the plane when you go to jump with a, a thing on their head so that when, when you jump, they jump too, and they're filming you all the way down until you pull your cord or whatever. And um, I'm tandem. I'm with this guy, and the video of my face, I'm like ghost white. I mean, I am so afraid. And I, it was time to go, and I get there, and I'm looking down at 14,000 feet, and as I'm sitting there, they instructed us very clearly, do not touch this bar across the top of the plane. And once I got there, my hand went like that <laughs> because I'm strapped to a guy. He's, he wasn't as big as me, but I'm strapped to this guy, and I didn't want him pushing me out of the plane. <laughs> And so they like, they're like, you, we've got to go, we've got to go. And so the lady that's filming the thing starts peeling my fingers <laughs> back. <laughs> and, uh, and as the other guy's trying to peel my fingers back, so it took two of them. And as soon as they got my, as soon as my hand was about to release, because they were, they were double teaming my hand, this, I'll put this one up. <laughs> This is all video, so this I got I got proof. Lindsay was there that day. She she jumped too. Um, this was the first time, and uh, it was a hell day. I could tell you the whole story, like the fact that I was there very early in the day, and I ended up being the very last one they put on their schedule. So I'm there suffering, watching all these people all day long. Anyway, but I'm there. My hand goes up, and they're screaming, at, "We've got to go! We've got to go!" I'm like, oh. and finally, I just crossed my arms, and we did a flip out of the plane. And as soon as my feet left the plane, the fear was gone completely. It was gone. And I am having the best time. 
and I experience something that there are no words to describe the feeling. Well, you might know a little bit. I don't know if you've jumped from that high, but uh, Vic, oh, Vic, airborne, yeah. Vic jumps low. He jumps low, but it's a little different when you're jumping low. It's not the same experience, but when you're jumping high, you're free falling for over a minute, and the the peace and the seeing everything, and then when your chute goes off, it's so quiet. Like even right now, no matter where you're at and how quiet you are, there's noise. There's birds. There's cars. There's it doesn't matter. There's leaves blowing. You hear things up there. The only thing you can hear is the wind, and it's totally quiet. It's the, the most amazing thing. So why am I telling you that? I saw an airborne. I had an airborne. Um, What's the little symbol, airborne symbol, pop into my head during worship? And I knew the Lord was telling us, we have got to learn to jump out of the plane. We've got to stop letting fear keep us from stepping out. If I wouldn't have stepped out just now with that word with John, I don't know if all the rest of these things would have come forward like it just did. When Margaret, if she didn't, she got the word for her, her, it didn't make sense to her mind. She thought she was going to reject it. She's judging the word before she even gave it because that's what we all do. But she gave it and it touched her friend, her coworker. We have got this year to step out of the plane. Here's what I promise you. If you do it, you'll overcome your fear when you, when you do it. We want to overcome our fear. I'm terrified of stuff. I'm, you know, but we have got to start learning to step out. I have forced myself to step out over my adult life when the Lord gives me words for people in public. Sometimes I, I, they're successful. Sometimes I run. Most of the time I, here as I'm older, I've, most of the time I'll step out, although occasionally I won't. Um, but, but when I do, I'm always glad I did. And when I don't, I think rejection would feel better than the feeling of feeling like you miss God because of fear. It's a horrible feeling. So I, I felt like the Lord really wants to encourage us that when we're sensing the Lord tell us stuff, just do it. Even if you're wrong, you'll learn from it. You'll grow in humility, which gives, God gives His grace to the humble. So it's a win-win. You know, even if you're wrong, it's better to be wrong and to have tried than to be right and not say anything. And that's how we learn. So I feel like this is a year of stepping out. And evangelism is going to be a big part of that. Uh, Jesus Christ is interested in souls. And this is the year that I believe we're going to see a gathering of souls like never before. And he's going to send forth laborers into the harvest field because the harvest field is white for harvest. So we've got to get out. Speaking of... I'm going to start doing a Thursday night or Thursday afternoon outreach every week. So anybody that's interested or not, <laughs> you can come Thursday. And what we'll do is we'll pray for a little bit at two o'clock. The times may change as we get into this. Is we're just going? I got to start with something. So we'll start at two o'clock. I know some of you can't do that for work, but those that you can. If you want to come, we're going to meet at the churches on, on Thursday at 2. We're going to pray, and then we're going to go out and hit the streets. I went out by myself this last Thursday because I, the Lord had told me in a dream I needed to start doing this again, and I didn't want to let a week go by and not 
I didn't want to, I had to do it because I didn't want to do it. And already, I went out by myself and it bore fruit already, just with the people we've talked to right around this church. So that's, just want to put that in your ear. Thursdays, you can contact me if you have any questions about it. Um, what was I saying before I said John? Oh, it was evangelism. I feel like there was something else. Um, about the jumping out? Or, no. Oh, yeah, that was her. No, no when, I'm talking about when John stood up. Um, okay. Well, so this is a year that we're, you know, if, you, if you're prepared... I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna share on this next week, and God willing, this is what I'm gonna share on next week. But I just want to give you a taste that if we're prepared by walking with the Lord the way we're called to, and we're doing the things that we're called to do, getting close to the Lord, growing in the Lord, um, these are gonna be exciting times. And this year, there's coming a year. There is power coming this year. I mean, serious power. And that's why the Lord is trying to deal with the junk. I said last week there's going to be public falls that you're going to see in leaders this year in in the body of Christ. And um, I I do know of someone specifically, but I'm not going to say who it is. Um, But I, I want us to understand that holiness matters to God. And we have got to get our house, God has got to get his house clean. You don't have to be holy to walk in the power of God. That's a myth because you look at the Bible. Sam, Sam, uh, Samson was a great example of someone who struggled sexually, but yet the, the anointing would still fall on him. You can minister an incredible anointing and power and still have areas of your life that are really given to the enemy. And it doesn't mean that they're a bad, it doesn't mean they're not a brother. It means that they got areas in their life that they need help with. And I can promise you the target that's on some of these main leaders that are highly visible, you wouldn't want the target that's on their back from the devil. He goes after them in a way that you can't understand. I can hardly, I don't, I'm a little church pastor, and I don't like the the target that's on my back. I can't imagine, these guys need our prayers not our condemnation when, the, when it comes out. There's stuff that's going to come out. I know this prophetically. I, do, I don't know naturally, but I know prophetically there is stuff going to come out, you know. And when it hits home, we, we need to have grace for that, that person. We don't need to condemn them. You know, the Scripture says in Galatians 6.1, if a man is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness looking to yourself lest you be tempted. But I do, I am saying this because we have to get free from the things that, give the, that we stumble over. It matters. Holiness matters. And the judgment of God begins with the household of God. He can't judge the world when, the, when, the, when his leaders and his church are doing the same things that the world's doing. And so we have got to get free. And that's why the Lord told me two years ago, he said, you have two years to get ready. You got to get your doors closed. And I, I didn't realize how many doors, I, I do some of them, but there are so many doors that I didn't even realize. 
And I've been crying out to the Lord, help me see it so I can get them shut. But what I know is that the power, is about, the power that was released in the 50s, we're about to see that plus. It's coming. It's coming this year. It's going to start this year. I know that from the Lord. There's something happening in the spring, May, June-ish, that's going to kickstart a whole nother level uh, for us. And it's going to, but we have got, and we've talked about this a few weeks ago about getting grounded in love, rooted and grounded in love, because when the power comes, if we're not rooted and grounded, it, it can be it can be bad. So we've been talking about this. This isn't new. But I just want to encourage you guys, do business with God. Let him deal with any junk. Selfish ambition. Well, that's got to die. You can't be a leader if you got selfish ambition. I mean, you can, but it doesn't end well. You got to get rid. We got to get rid of lust. There's pornography is more common in the ch- it's just as common in the church as it is in the world, and it's wrong, and it robs men and women of true intimacy. It robs them. We've got to get free from pornography. We've got to, and and let me tell you. Pornography and lust is worse now than I think ever in my lifetime, which I think really probably ever. I have never seen lust be so um, prevalent. Um, you used to see a lot. You, you used to see stories of of men like teachers come to find out they were sleeping with one of their students. I see every. At least one or once a month, I get a, I get a, you know, in my emails, there'll be someone in the country that is a woman that's sleeping with her, a teacher that's sleeping with her kids. And that's just a sign that how, you know, it's, it's more common, it's more natural, I think, though not, not always, but it's more natural for men to fall into that. But it's so prevalent that a good chunk of society's women are struggling with lust and pornography. And, and, and it's, uh, but it's all got to get dealt with. We have got to deal with it. If you're struggling with that, guys, it's okay. We understand. We're not condemning anybody, but we got to get free from it. You know, God can forgive you of stuff, but he, he, but he doesn't forgive excuses. He forgives sins that are repented of. If you're struggling with pornography and sexual sin, come and talk to somebody. You know, I as a pastor, and I've been very open to you, I have brothers that I go to when I'm struggling. And I ask for prayer and help, and I don't hide things because that's how people get in trouble. They hide it. Oh, they're struggling with something, and they're going to deal with it themselves, but they don't deal with it. They fall, and then once they fail, it's like, what the heck? Let's just do it. And then the next thing you know, you're down the slippery slope. You don't start off in major, major sexual sin. It starts with a a little thing. And, um, you know, so we've got to start getting serious about our calling, about our purpose, about our destiny, and get free from all the hindrances that are... Because what's coming, and I'm going to continue this in my message next week, I think, God willing, we have got to abide in the shelter of the Most High. And I'm going to do this real quick, Just and I'm going to do it again next week. Um, Joel wouldn't be... Let me see. Come here, Lindsay. You know, in Psalms 91, the protection of the Lord... um, it talks about, you know, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And then he talks about how he, uh, under his wings, I take refuge. Well, here's my wing. 
for her to be under my wing, what does that mean? She's close. She's got to be close. There is a protection for the people of God who are, thank you, for uh, abiding in him, abiding in the wing. Jesus said, abide in me. Let my words abide in you. They stay there. For people who are abiding, this is going to be a great year. It's going to be an awesome year. But you've got to stay close to Jesus. If you step out of that wing, you're out of his protection, and it's going to be a bad year. Goshen had light. Egypt had darkness. Goshen had light. (laughs) Egypt had darkness. (laughs) In the midst of the greatest turmoil the world has ever seen. Y'all got time for one more dream? All right, so I had this dream years ago, and there's some things personal. Now, this is a little bit personal, but it, but it goes to the times and how we all can. So this is a personal word for me. Um, and I'm only sharing this for the aspects that would be beneficial for y'all. But in this dream, and this, I had this dream 15, 20 years ago. But in this dream, I was riding a white horse, and I came up on a... Um, it's like a dock, but it was it was a concrete. You know how you have when ships come into harbor or port, and there's like a they got this concrete thing, and the ships pull up beside it, big ships. Well, it was like that. I'm riding on this white horse, and I go up on top of the ship, and when I get on top of the this ship, all of a sudden scenes changed, and I'm the captain of the ship. And I'm going down these incredibly rough rapids, like beyond what's natural. Like I've never, I've been in, I've been in the the golly when they let the dam out, and it's all fives. This does not, that did not compare to the rapids. Were incredibly crazy. It was, I mean, everything was just jerking and. And this boat was being thrown all this place, and I'm captain in this boat, and. I am having the time of my life. I am having so much fun in these. And I woke up from that dream and the Lord spoke to me and he said, you're called to leadership in the time of troubled waters. But you're going to have a good time. And I've held on to that. And I have not yet been released into that dream yet. But I know I'm close. I actually have timing on some of that. And even though it was that long ago, the, t- the point of me saying that is that we are going about to go through the time of troubled waters. We are about to see troubled waters. We're already seeing it, but it's about, it's like I said last year or last week, the war drums are going to be beating louder in our, in, in our, in our land, on our, on our soil, not in Israel, not Ukraine, not anywhere on our soil. War drums are going to be very loud this year. Stuff's coming to our land. But if we, there's going to be turmoil. But when we're abiding in him, we can be having the best time of our life when we're abiding in him. So it should be sobering because we don't have time to waste. We don't have time to mess around. We got to be doing 
doing what we got to do. But if we're doing it, we're going to be having a blast in the middle of the world having a difficulty. Yes, Paige. So for Christmas, our ladies, what we did, instead of exchange gifts, we had to get a prophetic word for a woman, and that was our gift to them. We had to share this prophetic word with them. So I woke up the morning, and, you know, I kind of do things always at the last minute, wasn't really prepared. So I woke up that morning trying to get a word, and I was in and out of sleep. And I would fall asleep, and I said, Lord, I can't come up with somebody. And you don't know who you're giving the word to. It's random, and then they draw the card out of the basket. And I said, give me a word, and I would go to sleep, and I would kind of dream a little bit, and then I would wake up, and I'd write something down. I'd go to sleep. This went on for a couple hours, me trying to get a word. Well, the word I got for the woman was, it was really all positive, and it was all good. And I thought, well, that's just me, because we hear so much negative. There's so much fear based in the church and in the world. And maybe that's just me, because I want it positive. But everything I wrote was a very positive word. Well, the woman who got my word, it was for her, and she held onto this card, and she said that she listened to it, read it over and over again because it witnessed to her in so many areas, like very specifically. But the thing is, she abides in the Lord. She is after God. She, does, she spends all her time with the Lord. And so the Lord showed me that was for her because she's abiding in me. And she spends her time with me. And then afterwards, the Lord said, but that word is for the body of Christ. But we've got to come to a different level where this particular woman lives so that we abide in the Lord. Because as we abide in the Lord, yes, the world's going to get darker. But there is going to be so much, because her word was joy. But there's going to be so much joy. And I'm like, well, Lord, they keep saying it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And it really is... He puts fear in us. But the Lord showed me, just like this woman, if my body, if my church, if my people will abide in me and spend that time with me and go to me, everything around is going to fall like at the right and the left. And there's going to be so much joy in the body of Christ. And when you said, and I wasn't going to say this, but when you said it's going to be horrible times, but we're going to be having the time of my, our lives, and that was what the Lord was showing me. As the world gets worse, there's going to be so much joy because we're going to walk in that power, walk in the call of God on our life, and we're going to see so many miraculous things happen that to the body of Christ, it's not going to even look bad. Amen. Well, uh, we love you guys. We're going to... Um...